Hey guys, welcome to She Knows Arsenal. My name is Jessica and I'm your host and you can follow me on Twitter at itshessinio. On today's show, we're going to be doing another transfer listed and today's subject is going to be Andre Silva and we're going to kind of discuss the main question which is, is he good enough for Arsenal? He is a player that's being linked with us at the moment and um, I wanted to be able to do a longer player profile on him so that uh, we can really just dive into the details which should be pretty exciting. So, if you guys have been watching football all day, like I have been, how did you enjoy it? Three really good games. You know, um, I'm really, really enjoying the Euros, and I hope you guys are too, because um, it just seems like we're being spoiled with such good games, you know. So if you're in the chat box, let me know how you're feeling and all that kind of stuff, and we will get into it. Of course, we will go through the player profile. Um, you know, what kind of player is this? I'll show you some stats. You know, and then I'll talk about a little bit what I've seen with my own eye test from what I've seen him do at Frankfurt and from his compilations. We'll talk about how a move like this would affect, you know, Balogun and Gabriel Martinelli, who are really important players to us as Arsenal fans. You know, we want to see these players get games. But at the same time, you know, is it a little bit too early to be relying on them if something were to happen to Aubameyang? Then we'll also talk about, you know, I'll we'll kind of do a little bit of comparison to Alexander Isak, who a lot of Arsenal fans are, are really high on at the moment. And then talk about the deal, what it would take for us to get a player like this at the Emirates and ultimately get the verdict. Is he good enough? And this is a player that we should be getting, you know, so let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Sean says, to be honest, I don't know if we need another forward. I'd rather see how Pelican develops this year and work with Abba, Laka, and Gabby as the striker group. Maybe next summer address it. Deb says, the Portugal-Germany game was class. It really was. Sean says, I support France, so you know how that game, how that goes sometimes could go good or bad. Exactly. Nicholas says, new follower from Jamaica and actually worry. Don't think Arsenal will sign any of these players. Um, I don't share that same um, nervousness because I think we are going to sign some of these players may not be the same amount. You know, some of them are the same profile or play in the same position. So it won't be all of them. But the reality is, is that we've had reliable journalists say that we're going to bring in players. Lakanga looks like he's coming in. Ben White looks like he's coming in. So I think this is just anxiety. That's, you know, I don't know where it's coming from, but we're going to sign players, you know. 
So let's get into it. Let me go ahead and share my screen so we can go ahead and get into the player profile. What I want to show you guys first is just the general profile of him on Transfer Market. So, and again, when we go through these things, you guys, I just want to make it clear once again that, you know, we're not saying that this player is going to come to Arsenal. Like, that's not really what we're talking about. We're more just talking about from a profile standpoint than just have a longer, more in-depth conversation about, you know, the player. So um, if you don't think he's going to come, that's perfectly fine. But that's not really what we're discussing on this particular stream. So Andre Silva plays for Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga right now. And he joined them in 2020. And has, he's contracted with them until July 30th, 2023. Uh, citizenship is, is Portugal. You know, we saw him come into the game for Portugal today against Germany. He didn't really do much, but... I mean, he had about seven minutes to, to try to get something done. And so that's not really, you know, a long amount of time. But at the same time, he did get that out there on the field. And he is a part of one of the most, you know, competitive and hard to get into, you know, national teams that there, there, that there is. He plays center forward and um, he's 25 years old and his current market value is almost 50 million. You know, so that's definitely something to look at. And this is this is in dollars, so it'd be less in euros, I think. So let me go over to his Bundesliga stats. So for this season in the Bundesliga, he had 32 appearances and he had 28 goals and eight assists, which is 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 it's outstanding. That's an excellent season for for any player, no matter who you are, you know, so 28 goals and eight assists is, is very, very good. And I think he was only in goals, only second to the Lewandowski, who was able to break the record this season in the Bundesliga with 41 goals. And so Andre Silva actually had more goals than Holland, you know, so let's just keep that in mind. He was in Eintracht Frankfurt starting 11, 94% of the time. So he played all the time, you know, which is good. Availability is, is part of the game. If you're not available, then what are we looking at? You know, so he's definitely available and he doesn't seem to have like a huge injury record or anything like that. We will check that out though, to just make it make sure. And um, he's right footed. If that matters to you, for me, it does matter because I think we have too many left footed players. A lot of what's been talked about is his his stint at AC Milan, which wasn't very fruitful. He didn't do very well there, and he got to Eintracht Frankfurt and kind of turned things around. For me, uh, you know, I can't really look at you know your time at AC Milan and think that that you know if if he had went from AC Milan to Eintracht Frankfurt and still didn't do well, I would say that maybe he's not a good player. But sometimes environment, you know, playing styles and things like that really make a difference. You know, so going from one place and doing quite poorly and then moving to Eintracht Frankfurt and doing a lot better, I think that kind of evens things out. If he went from AC Milan and to Eintracht Frankfurt and, and failed as well, then I would say maybe this is a player we shouldn't be looking at at all, you know? So let's look at his injury record just to check and make sure that he's not a hospital bed. Doesn't look too bad here. It says that in for this season, he was out for muscular problems and back trouble for about 10 days altogether. So again, we're looking at somebody that doesn't really seem to have like 
a huge injury record. There is patella problems. That was in 2018, 2019, um, 2018, 2019. So I guess that is something that you have to look at. But since then, doesn't really look like he's had too much of an issue. But again, I'm not a doctor. But I mean, I have seen some of these and they have gone like all the way down to the bottom of the page. So um, muscle injury, groin surgery, hamstring injury. I don't see multiple. What is? Well, yeah, let me not try to be a doctor. I just try to make sure that like the most recent things don't look too bad. <laughs> so there's that. If you have a little bit more insight on his injury record or whatever, please let me know. Um, yeah, you know, so that's just his general profile. So now what I want to go into is his stats, more stats, different types of stats, right? So I'm going to go here next. All right. So we already know you know, center forward, Andre Silva, 25 years old. Those are the, the basics, but let's just move on into pretty much his, his scouting report, right? So he's in the 95th percentile for non-penalty goals, 95th percent, 95th percentile, um, 0.67 per 90 um, shots total. He takes it almost like three and a half shots per, per game which is something that we talk about as Arsenal fans a lot. We don't have enough people that shoot. A lot of people like to defer. So, you know, about 3.5 shots a game is pretty good. That's in the 89th percentile. Um, 79th percentile for assists, which is really good. Again, we saw that this past season that he got eight assists, which is really good for a, a center forward. Expected assists, 79th percentile. That's really good for a center forward again. Um, and then when you move down just a little bit more, Pass completions and stuff, this is where it gets a little bit lower, progressive passes, but you wouldn't really expect that from a central forward is his progressive passing and all that kind of stuff. He's more the person that is receiving progressive passes, and that's what it would show right here. He's a big focal point for the Eintracht Frankfurt team, and he receives about 11 progressive passes per 90 minutes in the 93rd percentile. His touches in the, the attacking penalty area is about seven touches per game. It's it's getting towards seven, seven touches per 90, and that's in the 87th percentile. Now, if you look down here, uh, of course, his pressures and his, his tackles and all that kind of stuff, that's not really something that I think we're really looking at. But Ariel Ariel's one, he's inching, well, let's just say 2.68 um, Ariel duels one in 90, 90 minutes, which is in the 68th percentile. So if you think about the amount of times that a striker would get an opportunity to head the ball, that's that's quite a bit, you know, and for a team that really lacks an aerial threat, that's that's not bad at all. You know, so I, I'm liking that so far, you know, so let me see what you guys are saying before we move on to a, some more stats. Sean says Silva is a good player, but he's now settled after bouncing around a bit. So he might stay in Germany. Akeem Delay says no Bundesliga strikers. A bombing was the exception. The league defenses play a suicidal high lines. Dan Coog said, hey, Dan, says Bundesliga tax is real. Um, Sean says, what's George's take on Andre Silva? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. We haven't talked about it, but um, next time he's on the show, feel free to ask him. G. Kasi says Silva is a 50-50. He's a good player, and sometimes he isn't. isn't. So let's keep going. All right, so let's move into under stat here. 
just to get a more visual, you know, idea of where he plays and how he scores his goals. So when I was doing some digging and doing my research, kind of what I was thinking was like, let me try to see what kind of goals that he scores. Cause I think that's really important for us. So in 2020 open play goals, this is where he scores his goals. So penalty box, which is what you want. You want your striker in the center of the penalty box. And this was, you can see where the goals were actually, or what kind of goal it was. So open play goal assist by Kamada left foot. Um, now, when we get into this section, this is where it gets interesting. This is a header goal. This is a right foot. This is a head goal. This is a header. This is a header. This is a header. Do you see my point? You guys see my point just a little bit? Yeah. So he likes to score with his head. This is another one. He likes to score with his head. And for a team, again, that lacks serious aerial abilities and has probably one of the best, you know, fullbacks in terms of crossing in their side in Kieran Tierney, I think having a striker that can take advantage of nice crosses. If you've ever watched Eintracht Frankfurt play, Philip Kostic is an excellent crosser of the ball off of the left-hand side. And it's quite similar to what Tierney can replicate, only he's better on that left-hand side. And for us, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit disheartening to watch Tierney put in such great, great balls and see Lacazette and Aubameyang kind of flap around, try, having a very hard time trying to get to the ball or kind of duck and not really try. So you know, as another option to an Aubameyang that likes to run off of the shoulder um, and run into space, having somebody that's actual an actual threat in the box would be a nice change for a team that just lacks that aerial quality, you know? So yeah, those are just, those are the goals. And then these are more like just where his shots are. He does take a lot of shots, which is good. We don't have people that take shots in our team and so, yeah, I like the profile from a profile standpoint. We will obviously talk about, you know, um, more. So now kind of what I want to get to is just what I've seen with my own eye test. So for me, like I'm actually looking at like some of his, his videos right now and what I've seen from at Eintracht Frankfurt, he's a really well-rounded striker. So for me, if we're going to bring in a striker for a significant amount of money, he has to kind of be able to do it all. I think we have a lot of specialists or players that have very specific qualities. He doesn't really have anything like that. He's good. He can head the ball. He has decent touch and technical quality. He can be a part of buildup. He can come deep, but he's also good in the penalty box. So those things matter when we're talking about spending big, you know, or a significant amount of money on somebody, you want to make sure that, they're a little bit more well-rounded than a bombing and Lacazette who are quite um, limited in what they can offer. And um, what I see is just a good striker that had a really good season, you know? Um, so I'm not really mad at that at all, at all, at all. So now that we kind of talked about his profile, what I want to talk about is what, what this would mean for, for a player or what this would mean for Balogun and Martinelli, which some of you guys had already kind of mentioned in the chat box. I get it. Like I understand like the, the stress over Martinelli and, um, and Balogun wanting them to play games. What I want to be real about for me is yeah. Balogun, I'm more worried about in terms of like, will he get the playing time, but not Martinelli because 
right now he's not a center forward. Like he's just not like we've seen him play as a center forward and not really be able to um, impose himself on the game. He does that better off of the left. So I'm not really that worried about Martinelli because the way we have things set up right now, like he's going to get playing time off of the left and as a winger and maybe some center forward play. But somebody like Balogun, you know, if we were to sell Lacazette and Nketiah, will be that immediate next person. I think it would be nice for him to get that playing time. But just, you know, we have to be real, you know, that um, he's still a very young kid. And if something was to happen to Aubameyang, could we count on him to, to, you know, pick up the slack? You know, I know that in normal circumstances, like, we really want to be the type of team that brings up our own talent and lets them, you know, grow and thrive and progress. But at the same time, we're still a, a club in transition and a club that's under immense pressure to get into Europe and everything matters. You know, just even three points lost makes a big difference. So if we're talking about, you know, something happening to Aubameyang or he falls off and he, he, he doesn't score goals can you really count on Balogun to pick up the slack? I don't really think so. And do we have, you know, the grace to allow that? You know, I think some of us have some unrealistic expectations or we were projecting what we think our young players are going to be and assuming that they're going to be able to do that when the reality is young players are really inconsistent and, We'll be looking in January for another striker if something were to happen to Aubameyang because Balogun is not going to to be able to score those goals if something were to happen to Aubameyang. So if Aubameyang only scores 15 goals, somebody else needs to make up those next 10. I don't think Balogun's getting that in his first season in, in, in big boy football. You know, so I just want to be real about that, you know. So I'm not really worried about it. I think if we do lose Lacazette, if we have the opportunity to bring in another striker, if we have the funds, we should probably do it. My my whole thing was I never thought striker and center back were a priority because I didn't think we have the money. Now that I think we do, and it's been reliably reported that we have more than what we originally thought, and bringing in a striker does not mean we're not going to bring in a center midfielder then if we have the funds, I think we should be looking at somebody if we lose Lacazette. Just if we lose Lacazette. It's already been reported, once again, that Lacazette is not being offered a new a, a one-year contract. He's likely to be sold. So if we do sell him and Enketia goes as well, I don't think Balogun has what it takes right now to you know, make up that deficit if Aubameyang does not score the goals. And that being said, we also saw Aubameyang really struggle in the system that we play now. And if that doesn't, you know, if he doesn't get acclimated to the system, we're going to need somebody else. So I'm not surprised that links to center center fours are, you know, happening. But the, the strikers, you can kind of tell, like, we're looking for somebody with a little bit more aerial presence. We've been linked to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Andre Silva, and, and Alexander Isak as well. Um, more physical, you know, more well-rounded strikers, in my opinion, which I think is a good thing. So, and that's only if we lose Lacazette. If we don't lose Lacazette, you know, we're we're not going to bring him in. You know what I mean? We're not going to bring anybody in. So, G. Kasi says, I think Balogun would benefit from a loan. Um, 
Sean says, if we get another forward, Balogun may go on loan. And I don't actually, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think we're so afraid to send these young players out on loan because we're afraid that they won't want to stay at Arsenal if they're loaned out. But I don't know if Arsenal promised Balogun first-team football at Arsenal. They just said they promised him first-team football. So whether that's at Arsenal or somewhere else, I think he would benefit from, you know, playing consistently at, you know, first-team football, even somewhere else, than getting, you know, five, six starts for us in the Carabao Cup slash the FA Cup early rounds, you know. So, yeah, I'm not opposed to him going out on loan if we get the right striker in to be the second person behind Aubameyang. Let's see. Jukasi says for a team like Southampton or Crystal Palace. Yep. So go on loan. Mustafa says Andre Silva got 28 goals last season. Yeah, we talked about that. M. Hobbin says we still have Laka. He's going to run his contract down at this point. I mean, the, I think the transfer window opened maybe 10 days ago, you know, so we don't know what's going to happen. People leave at the very end of the transfer window. So, I'm, I'm not sure it's a foregone conclusion that our, uh, he's going to be here at the end of the transfer window. And Chasman says we definitely need a physical striker. So he does fit that bill. Now, before we talk about the deal in general, I just feel like it needs to be said as well, like that the Bundesliga is different than the Premier League. And if you look at somebody who like Timo Werner, who really, really struggled this season because one of the first things that he said is like, oh, the strikers are, are the, the center backs are so big in the Premier League. He wasn't able to just run in behind them off the shoulder and get these easy goals that you get in the Bundesliga. I really do think that you have to probably take away half of those goals. I don't think he would be scoring like that at, you know, at Arsenal or in the Premier League with the type of center backs that we have in that league. You take away those goals. Maybe he scores about you know, 18, you know, something like that. That's still not bad. You know, that's, that's good 16, but at the same time, you know, it's a risk. And this is somebody who would need an adaptation year. In my opinion, you know, when you bring somebody from another league, you have to almost like throw away the first, the first year, you know, so that's definitely something to take into consideration. Like somebody already said, Bundesliga tax is real. Um, I do think that's something you have to take into consideration. So is he the right profile? Yes. Is he a risk? Absolutely. So let's talk about the deal. Duncan Castles, he was the one who broke the broke the story that we've done a lot of prelimi pre preliminary work on the deal already, but need to sell before we buy. Essentially, we need to get we need to remove or not remove, but sell Lacazette. So we know that, you know. And they didn't really talk about how much like specifics in terms of how much the deal would be. But I showed you guys earlier that his transfer market value is almost 50 million. And so, you know, the idea that we're going to get him for anything less than that is kind of far fetched. So we're talking about bringing in a 50 million dollar striker. And um, I'm not sure if it's worth it if we have to spend that much and have to wait maybe a year for him to get up to speed on the league. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's just we're not in a position to wait a year. Like we kind of need things to work out now. And so that's a lot to spend on a striker that, you know, he's had one really good season in the Bundesliga, which is a good, it's a good sign. But does that mean that he's going to be able to replicate that in the Premier League? Usually I take away like half the goals right off rip from any of the leagues, no matter if it's the Bundesliga or uh, league one or anything like that. And so with about 30 goals, you take that away, you get 15, you get Lacazette. 
you know, and do we really need Lacazette again? Not really, you know, so it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a really tough one, you know, and then you look at somebody like Calvert-Lewin who plays in the Premier League. Now I'm looking at his transfer market value. He's worth the exact same, but we know what we would get with Calvert-Lewin. You know, we would know that I think he plays in a pretty poor team that doesn't really, you know, create as many chances as it should. He looked on fire when Jaime was, you know, feeding him. And then when Jaime was was unable to to make it in the Premier League, he fell off severely. But if you think about like, okay, for 50 million, we could get Calvert-Lewin or get this guy. I think you would maybe want to look at Calvert-Lewin because you know what you're going to get. You know, he can play in the Premier League. And what he needs is service. You know, as long as you have a creative midfielder that, you know, can, you know, supply, then then he's good to go. You know, so that's definitely something to take into consideration. Let's see. Newman said Arsenal threw money at Balogun to keep him like they do with all players. That's why the wage bill is so high. Can't get rid of dead wood. G. Kasi says all the business happens towards the last 48 hours of the window. Exactly. So for me, anybody who's like, okay, well, this person hasn't left right now. It's like, but who has actually left any of the clubs in the Premier League? We look at Arsenal and we think, well, nobody's leaving our club. So there's something wrong. Is anybody leaving anywhere? Not really. The Like literally the Euros are going on, the Copa is going on and the transfer window has been open for like, you know, 10 days, you know, it's not, we're, it's not done yet. M. Hobbin says Laka's wages are pretty high. Teams outside of the EPL don't have money to pay them. He won't leave if his wages are not matched. We don't. We don't actually know. We don't know what he wants. We don't know if he wants to stay or not. You know what I mean? We don't know Lacazette. Hakuna Matata said, "I heard Andre Silva is Arsenal's number one forward. Why is Arsenal interested in Isak? Then I mean, you can be interested in Isak. Like they said, all they really said was that Adu really likes the player." But if we want to talk about Isak for a second, and this is why when I did the poll the other day about Isak versus Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I was very shocked to see how skewed it was towards Isak. Alexander Isak is a very good player, but he's also very raw. I don't think 15, 17 goals in La Liga. Again, you have to scrap like half of those when you talk about coming to the Premier League. You know, he's he's still raw and still only 21 years old. So for me, it's like, yeah, if we were, you know, in a position and we didn't have a Balogun, maybe you would bring him in, you know, as kind of like a project, because that's exactly what he is, you know, but Andre Silva, I guess, in the club's mind is somebody that is like a ready-made striker. He's 25 versus Alexander Isak being 21. And they think that he can step straight in and do a job for us. You know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, 24 years old, probably a very similar. Isak, as good as he, he looks, and I know why Arsenal fans really like him. Don't get it twisted. He's still a project. He's not ready to step in and score 20-something goals for Arsenal Football Club. So, you know, I think AD probably likes the profile of Alexander Isak. But when you start talking about an under-pressure Arsenal that needs to get into European competition, would you rather want to rely on somebody that you know can get the goals in the Premier League or, you know, somebody that's still kind of like a project? You know, so I'm not surprised that he would be our number one choice, to be honest. Um, you know, but whoever, if we were to bring in a striker, it needs to be somebody who could step straight off, you know, the plane or the bus or step right out of their car, get onto the Emirates pitch and start scoring goals right away. There's no point in spending a lot of money, which ESAC would cost us a lot of money as well, who if a bombing is not able to deliver 
is still going to be leaving us wanting for goals. You know what I'm saying? Like we're under immense pressure. I don't think I don't think Arsenal fans really understand how desperate we need, like we are to get back into Europe. You know, so we almost have to make sure that we look at every single possible scenario of what could go wrong and try to figure out a way to avoid that. So a way to avoid that is not to bring in more project players and to bring in players that are kind of ready to go. You know, Isak is would be so nice if we were in a better position, but we're just not. We're so far away from where we need to be. We can't take any risks. Um, Dan Coog says Isaac will be worth double in a year. He will. Um, he will be. He says I do it for 60. Dan says Abba has two years left. No pressure on him to perform. I think we can wait a year. Um, it's just so it's so hard, you know, because I think the club is preparing for maybe Lacazette going and so I can see both sides of the coin. I can see Isak is probably the better choice in terms of a long-term replacement for Aubameyang. But right now we need somebody to come in as a number two that can make sure that if Aubameyang scores 15 goals, is this guy going to get 15 to make up the deficit? And um, I'm not sure if Isak could do that, you know, off of what I've seen from him in La Liga. But although I think he's the right person, like, so here's here's my thing, you guys. I think when you do the wrong things, you don't, get the opportunities to take advantage of situations that you want to be able to, you know? So it's kind of like, we have to get the almost safest option possible. We can't afford to take risks. So if Arsenal was a better run club in a situation where they didn't have a, you know, a bombing that they can't count on, you know, that kind of thing, a bomb like Lacazette wasn't there, you know, we were, coming off of a season where we were in fifth place and we just needed to bring in another striker, we could kind of give him some time, then you can take a risk on Isak. But we're, we came in eighth. So I think they're just trying not to take as many risks. Like they're trying not to take risks, you know, even though Isak is probably the better option in terms of long-term squad building. Hakuna Matata says, if Arsenal wait for Isak, Chelsea will take Isak this summer. Chelsea always doing like that. Yeah, he may not be here. If he has another season like he already had um, in La Liga, then he won't be there. You know, and it'll be more difficult for us to get him. If we wanted to get him, it would be now. But we have to remember that, like, he's still a young kid and the Premier League is completely different than La Liga. So, you know, if you're willing to take that L, then you're willing to take that L when he's out there and he's missing sitters and stuff like that. And we're frustrated. We just have to remember, you know, and yes, Isaac is young and has time to improve, but do we have time to allow him to improve when we need to get in Europe? That that's the whole thing. You guys, I understand that he's, he's young and he's probably the right person long-term, but like literally we have a season to get back into Europe, you know, let's see. I saw another comment. So Sean says the fan base needs to separate this regime from the old regime. When it comes to transfer business, give them a chance. They're not idiots. Um, and the thing is, is like, I'm like, if I had to choose based on long-term squad building, which is what I like to think about, I would choose Isak. But when I'm thinking about, okay, Arsenal that need to get into Europe, I'm thinking, Ooh, should we get the kid, you know, that probably, if a bombing were to to fall off, you know, could we trust him? Or do you get Calvert-Lewin who you know could do it? You know what I mean? So 
That's just kind of what I'm thinking. Noel says counter dress ISEX profile is one that looks to fit well on the prem. We've also seen quite a few forwards that banged in Germany leave and struggle elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. And Werner was one of my examples, you know, but that's why I was saying Calvert Lewin is probably the person that I would say would be a better option. You know, he's probably not the fancy choice because he's not exotic, you know, but at the same time, we know that if he gets service, he'll score goals and we have players like Tierney and hopefully we can bring in somebody like James Madison who can serve and make sure that these players can, can bang in goals, you know? So yeah, but I understand everybody's, you know, sides of the, of the coin, but Andre Silva, I think he's the right profile, but he's kind of risky. And if we're going to spend 50 million to bring in a striker, um, we need to make sure it's the right one. And I'm not sure that he is, even though I do like him when I watch him play, I'm like, I like him, but you know, um, the number two has to be a sure thing. You know, it just has to be, um, have we been linked to DCL or something, or is that someone you'd like? I like it either way. He, we have been linked with him. And the thing about it is if somebody was like, well, is Calvert-Lewin available? This would be the best possible time to, um, to, test their resolve because they're in flux and they didn't do as well as they thought that they were going to do. Rafa Benitez is not really an inspired, you know, type of appointment. And I think Calvert-Lewin is an Arsenal fan. So all I'm really saying is that like, if at the, you know, earlier when people were like, he was banging in goals and Arsenal fans were excited about Calvert-Lewin and they were like, that's who we should go for. People are like, why would he leave Everton to come to Arsenal because at the beginning of the season, they were looking pretty good. Then they fell off. Then Ancelotti dumped them. Now they're getting in Rafa Benitez and everything is kind of thrown into the washing machine. I just think if you wanted to test them and say, we'll give you 50 million for Calvert-Lewin, maybe they'd take it. And maybe he'd force a move because let's just be real. Like Everton doesn't look like any more of a more exciting project than Arsenal at this point, you know? So what do you guys think? Andre Silva, yes or no? For me, it's a no, even though I like the player. I do. I like the player. And do I think that he could do a job at Arsenal? Yes. But the more I think about it after, you know, looking at all of the evidence, looking at the statistics and um, feeling like for 50 million, I'm not quite sure if he would adapt quick enough for it to make sense. Um, if we're going to need somebody to need a year to adapt, then you might as well get Isak. If you want to bring in somebody who we know can bang in goals immediately, if they have, you know, proper service, then you bring in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Looking, like you guys said, looking at Timo Warner players that come from the Bundesliga and don't do well, I think it's a little bit of a risk, you know. So for me, it's it's not the right fit. Not right now. So you guys let me know in the chat box what you guys think. Yeah, make sure you guys like the video and subscribe to the channel. There's about 40 of you guys watching, so make sure you guys are in the chat box and letting me know what you think. M. Hobbin says, Isak, he can develop behind Abba. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you guys. I don't know. Jan Wee says, I think we go big on a striker next summer. I think it depends on Lacazette, to be honest. I think if Lacazette's gone, then we'll bring in somebody because, again, you cannot re you're not going to be able to re rely on Balogun. And to be quite honest, 
I don't think we should be relying on Saliba, relying on Balogun, relying on Emil Smith-Rowe. I think we need players that can kind of step in in front of them and allow them to to develop on their own. Um, but that second striker, I don't think can be somebody that's a project because Balogun's already a project. It has to be somebody that we can trust to come straight in and do a job. Um, MS says, I feel like DCL isn't clinical, but he's very good aerially and physically, which is for me, I think what we need right now. You know, if we wanted to take a shortcut into the top four, what you do is you get somebody who can put their head on, on Tierney's crosses. That's what you really need to do. He creates at least 4.2 chances per game. That's insane for a left back. That's Trent Alexander-Arnold type type numbers. The The difference is that he doesn't get the goal. He doesn't get the assist. And that's because everybody in the box is ducking and doesn't want to get their head on the ball. And so if you want to get into the you know top four, top five next season, you get somebody who can get their head on, on those balls. Sean says some claim that Arsenal is a big club, but hesitant about us going for big players don't make sense to me. It really doesn't, to be honest. Um, I don't really understand why we're upset about getting players. This is how much players cost now. I don't, we're not living, like I know Leicester gets players for like 17 million and stuff like that, but a lot of those players are projects. When's the last time Leicester has went and got a player, you know, that was like already ready to go or didn't have some things to work out. Like even Tielemans was kind of like a, kind of like a failure, like where he came from, from Monaco. And they came in and brushed him off and made him into a good player, you know? So I think we have unrealistic expectations of what we should be paying for players and quality players cost more. So if you want somebody who can come straight in and do a job at, in your team and is at a good age, is not 30 years old, you're going to have to pay. And there's nothing wrong with Arsenal wanting to compete. All this time we've been saying like, oh, we want to compete. We want to compete. And then when Arsenal want to spend the money and do that, now we're complaining about having to spend too much. Like I just, it's not our money. Mr. SNLO says smash the like button. Thank you. Sean, Sean says, I believe that in a better team, players DCL, Isak, or Silva will improve. Of course, you know, so the good thing is that we're linked We're linked with good strikers. I think all of them are good, but they're just a little bit different. Um, some people are saying that DCL is wasteful. I think most strikers miss more chances than they make. What I saw more with DCL was that he wasn't getting the proper service towards the end of the season because Jaime was no longer available. If you look at the Everton team, they have no creative, no creativity whatsoever. They have Andre Gomez and Alon towards the end of the season, Decore in their midfield, and Richarlison is another striker. They actually didn't have anybody creative in that team. Probably the most creative person or somebody who could serve him the ball was Dinia, and I know he was out for a significant amount of the season too. So when I see, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, what I see is somebody who needs service, and if we could bring in James Madison and and get Tierney, Tierney going, I don't understand why he can give us 20 goals. You know what I mean? But – Isak would be a better long-term for a replacement for a bombing, but we're talking about somebody who would be coming in this summer, you know, next summer for sure, but he might be out of our price range as well next summer. So I do like Isak. I like, I like all three strikers to be honest. Jay October says DCL is a wasteful striker. Andre Silva is a better, is better at finishing. We kind of covered, you know, a little bit of um, Andre Silva, you know, being in a league that doesn't have great defenses, you know, so we have to take that into consideration. 
but um, I just don't sense DCL as being wasteful. I sense him more of not getting enough service. So when you get very little chances, you snatch, which is kind of similar to what Aubameyang does. M. Hobbin says, I have no idea what direction the club is. Are we trying to get to the top four next season or trying to build to compete in three years? It's a two-pronged approach. Like you, I think we're overthinking it just a little bit. It's we have to get into the top four, get into European competition next season. But we're also trying to build for the future, which, to be quite honest, I think is the right way to do things. Um Arsenal can't afford not to be in Europe, but we also need to make sure that whatever we do this season is still sustainable. And the way you do that is bringing in your Lakangas, you know, players like that, and bringing in players that they're pre-prime so that in the next two to three years, if we wanted to sell some of them, we could sell them for more. And you're also protecting your young talent, your Martinelli's, your ESR's, and your Saliba's by bringing in players that they can rotate with and giving them better players to play with. So the reality is, is that I don't see anything but a two-pronged approach to try to get, to try to do both at once. And Arsenal, we can't afford to do a three to four year, five year rebuild because we need to get into Europe now. And I don't know if like we're not realizing, but it's not just about the teams that are in front of us. It's not just about the Manchester United's and the Liverpool's and the Leicester's. It's about the Leeds, the Aston Villas, and the teams that are going to re-up next season and be up our backside. You know, so you can't build for the future, you know, for three to four years and just ignore the present, which is really important as well for a club like Arsenal, who is in decline. Um, MS says, sorry, I'm a bit late, but who would you choose between Andre Silva and DSL? I would choose Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, I think Andre Silva is a very good player and a good striker, but I'm just wondering if he would need an adaptation year because he's coming from Bundesliga and we saw like how Warner and Havertz really struggled coming in. The Bundesliga is just not as competitive in my opinion. So, you know, we'd have to take that in consideration and to pay 50 million for either. I'd rather have somebody who I know just needs better service. You know, Robert says, ideal manager available or even not if Arteta got sacked. I mean, I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's so difficult. I don't know because I know Arteta's not getting sacked right now, so I can't, I can't really think about it. Um, the last manager I really wanted was Klopp. You know, um, maybe Marco Rosa. I really like him. Um, Nigelsmann. You know, he's he's very good as well. Um, wish we could have gotten him. So maybe one of those two, maybe more Nigelsmann than anything. Um, yeah, probably one of them, Jesse Marsh. I'd probably like him as well for more long-term with young players. I think he'd be nice, you know. So I'm not really into the Contes and stuff like that because our, I think our team is too young. You know, I don't think he'd be interested in the Sakas and the ESRs. He'd be trying to drag up, you know, old Kolarovs and these kind of guys and getting them in our team. And I just don't think that's the direction I would want to go in, even though I understand he would win. So, yeah, Marco Rosa, Nigelsmann, or like Jesse Marsh. Um, MS says Arsenal don't create a lot either. I think Isak can make his own chances. But we're going to create more next season. We're going to bring a creative midfielder in. You know, I think that's pretty clear. Like we're going to bring somebody in. And Isak is – can he, I mean, he can create his own chances, but you guys, I'm just not sure that, that he's quite as ready as we think he is, you know, for a long-term, yes, short-term, probably not. 
but we definitely don't create enough. But I think the problem is, is that we're creating chances, but the type, the type of striker that we need in the box is not right. You have Tierney whipping in balls. And again, he creates 4.2 chances per game. That's, that's a lot, you know, and he's getting no assists, you know? So I think getting somebody in there that could, you know, get his head on the ball would be really dangerous. And Isak is also not that great in the air. Take that in consideration. Um, Ian says, great show. Thank you so much. Um, MS says, when's the next link up between you and Diluted? That's how I found about your channel. I'm not sure. He, you know, he's a super busy guy. Um, sometimes our schedules uh, kind of clash a little bit, but I'll see if I can get him on um, sooner rather than later. M. Hobbin says, Nigelsman. Robert says, I'm not fed up when I don't know somebody's position. Um, oh, you guys are talking to each other. My bad. <laughs> um, Ian says, I saw Isaac is not the answer. We do. We need to sort the midfield first. What I think is happening, Ian, is honestly, I think we're going to try to address as many of our glaring issues as possible. And I think getting a striker doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to address the midfield. I think multiple reliable, you know, journalists, Orenstein, uh, Chris Wheatley also have both said that we're going to get a midfielder. Lakanga is like pretty much a done deal at this point. We're going to bring in somebody else, uh, Basuma, Neves, one of these guys, and we're going to address the creative midfielder situation. So it's not an either or, you know, so if you're telling me that we're still going to get our midfield, but we're also going to be able to, you know, maybe sort out our striker situation and keep ourselves from being reliant on a bombing for the entire season, then I'm telling you, sign me up. You know what I mean? It's not, we've always been asking for this for Arsenal to just go ahead and address as many positions as possible in one window. And that's what they're attempting to do. And I think we're still thinking, well, if we get a striker, we're not going to get something else. And it's, it's actually being reported the exact opposite that we're going to get those things. Those things are getting done. KSE is investing. That's, that's the truth. And based on player sales, we'll be able to bring in, um, a striker, you know, so if we sell Lacazette and then we can bring in a striker and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Jan Wee says, how many total midfielders do you think we bring in, including Willick? I think we'll bring in three. I think we'll bring in Lakanga, um, somebody like a Basuma slash Neves and then a James Madison type player. Bowie the Cat says six of Isak's 18 goals last year were headers. I still don't see a great heading force within him you have to remember he's probably taller than everybody in la liga is he going to be the same against people in the premier league but hey if you guys think he's great in the air that's fine when i watch him play i don't see great in the air i see good technical skill can play deep good in link up play very smooth on the ball can create goals as well and um is a pretty nice finisher but when i see somebody that's like a actual like threat in the air we're talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, really. MS says, thoughts on Robin Gosens, maybe as a backup to Tierney. I don't think 26-year-old Gosens, you know, trying to keep his spot in the German national team is going to want to sit behind Tierney. Good player. Good player. You know, I, I think he's nice, a nice player. You know, he's definitely adding some more M's to, you know, his, his transfer value. But... I think Tierney's backup is probably going to be the hardest position to fill this this summer because 
you're, they want to get a younger backup, but the reality is a younger player is probably not going to be super interested in playing behind Tierney. You know, so it's it's a tough it's a tough ask. You know, they're going to have to really recruit on that one. Let's see. Jay October says, I feel optimistic about the team we are building if we manage to get the players we want. Exactly. Um, you know, there's reports, you know, that came out today about James Madison being interested. They're in dialogue and things like that. And there's a lot of questions about why would so-and-so come? Why would so-and-so come? But I think that's more the chatter of our rival fans, you know, our rival fans wanting us to feel insecure about whether or not Arsenal is a big club. We are still a big club. I don't know where people are getting that from, that we're a small club all of a sudden and nobody would want to come to Arsenal. That's so not true. It, it never has been true. That's what rival fans try to get in our heads and we tend to believe in and then we start fighting with each other saying, well, this person's not going to come. Um, you also don't put in bids. I'm not saying for Madison, but you don't put in bids for players that don't want to come either. So I saw some people being like, why would Ben White want to come to Arsenal? Come on. You know, like, come on. Um, James Madison at the moment is being squeezed out of Leicester. I don't think he fits the long or the, the new plan in terms of the way that they play. And um, he doesn't seem to be favored by, by Ben, uh, Ben Rogers, Brendan Rogers anymore, you know, so why wouldn't he want to come to Arsenal first choice, you know, star player, you know, you know, we also need a marquee player, to be honest, we need somebody, you know, with the name that can match the 10 Jersey, you know, I don't understand why he wouldn't come. And the reality is, is Lester is as this is no shade on Lester at all. They're, always going to be a selling club until they decide that they want to be something different. And we've seen two seasons in a row that they've slipped out of the top four just at the very end of the season. So if we can convince him that our project is one that's based on us trying to, you know, actually compete and we can also offer him more, he gets to come to London. He's our number one player. He knows he's going to start every single game. It's Arsenal. Then why wouldn't he want to come? Robert says, yeah, I'm surprised the channel has under 2K subs. Very informative. Must be quite new. It is a new channel. Will boom at some points, especially when co-op with other channels. So, word, so spread the word. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> um, it's, it's new. And um, I think I've been going since like on my own channel since March, you know, so it's, it's relatively new. But I've been pretty much doing shows since like January. So, yeah. I, I love doing this, you guys. M. Hobbin says, my guess is we bring in Lakanga and Awa. You know, I would take Awa. I have no issues with, with him. I just think we do need somebody else in the pivot. Like, if you lose Granite, you have to bring in a, you know, a starting central midfielder that's going to play in the pivot. I know Awa has played in the pivot with, you know, Ndombele at Lyon back in the day. But playing in the pivot at Lyon and Ligue 1 is very different than playing in the pivot for Arsenal and in the Premier League. So I still would think that we need to bring in somebody else like a Basuma. And if a wall were to come in, I think he'd be the creative midfielder. We wouldn't get James Madison. We would get him instead, you know, so I, I like a wall and I think that would be a good signing, you know, but I still think it'll be more than just Lacan because Lakanga is basically you know, a Thomas replacement or a Thomas regen, you know, so we still need something a little bit different, but I do like those two players. Let's see. 
Oh, yeah, you guys are commenting now. I see you now. Before it was a little quiet in here and I was like, am I alone? Hello, hello, hello. Now you guys are here. What were you guys doing before? Yanwe says, is Lakanga more of a six or an eight? Um, I think he's more of a six, but he gives me Thomas Party vibes where I think he could do both box to box as well. But he strikes me as somebody who would sit right in front of the defense and and receive the ball and spray it around. He has very good passing range, and he's a ball-progressing monster. Um, I think we talked about him in the pod. It's it's It says, like, Madison or White, Madison, and Lakanga and how they fit into Arsenal. I did that one with George. I would suggest to go back to that show. It's on YouTube, you know, on my YouTube channel. I think you're on um, Twitch right now. I would go back and watch that George and I went into like huge detail about how all these players would fit into Arsenal. And actually now that I think about it, I'll just go ahead and drop the link for you so that you could go back and watch it because I mean, I was there and obviously, you know, I gave my, my own, you know, little um, explanations and stuff, but I thought George did a really good job. So I'll go ahead and, and find the video for you real quick. There you go. All right. Ian says, we have multiple targets for midfield. What two would you buy if you only had to get two in? Names, please. I mean, if I only could get in two, then I would say Madison and Lukanga, but I still think we would be missing something because um, we need the creative midfielder and Lukanga could fill in and, and play in next to Thomas, but you need three. Seriously. And I want us to protect Smith Rowe. I do not want us to be like, yeah, Let's just play Smith Rowe into the ground because, again, that creative midfielder, that number 10, whatever, they need to be able to contribute 10 goals and 10 assists. And I know that we know that Smith Rowe will get to that point eventually, but we know he's fragile. We know he gets injured. So instead of, you know, putting that on him, why not bring in somebody who we know can do it? And then whatever Smith Rowe does is just icing on the cake. You know, so I think you have to get the creative midfielder and then you could bring in Lakanga. You know, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I see you guys are saying like I'm level headed and positive. Not always. You know, I do have my moments of, you know, where I have like reactionary and do all that kind of stuff. Usually do that on Twitter. Um, get that out, you know, and you guys will see on the watch alongs for for the Arsenal games that this is not always like I'm definitely a lot more of a shouter and a a cusser and all that kind of stuff during the game. So. You know, but I try to bring as much level-headed, you know, analysis to you guys once I've calmed down. <laughs> um, let's see. Molly says Kamavinga, Awar, and Basuma, you can't go wrong. Something really does tell me that we're waiting to see what happens with Kamavinga before we try to get Basuma. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense. Why would we be stalling on bringing them in? You know, so, um, you know, if it's Kamavinga, it's Kamavinga. But I think it's so far. Like, I just, I cannot see us getting him. I can't see it. Um, Shamoy says, bare minimum, 10 goals and 10 assists. It's true. I mean, all the creative midfielders, the best ones in the top four, you know, like, even if we just go a little bit deeper, and we'll, we'll do this when, you know, we have so many, good shows like planned for you guys, me and George and Harry, and probably some other people will do 
predictions and go into depth about how many goals we need to be able to get and all that kind of stuff in order to get where we want to go. And in reality, we need to be able to score 70 goals at the bare minimum in order to get into the top four, top six slash, you know, top four. And in regular seasons that have gone past in like 2018, 2019, the bare minimum was like 80 and we scored 50 this season. So when you think about that, it's like you have to get a bombing score and you need to get him to get his 25 goals. Then the players in behind him, they need to be able to be producing. Your number 10 needs to be able to give you assists and goals and your two wide players. That's why I think Pepe is so important because he scores goals. Saka is going to need to get goals in his game. I think he scored like five goals this past season. He probably needs to double that, you know, so and to try to task Saka and Emil Smith Rowe to be those players and contribute at least 20 goals to our season in the Premier League, I think is so difficult, you know, especially when both players are so young and one of them tends to be a little bit injury prone. So that's why I think it's so important for us to bring these players in. Alvaro oh, Morata, this guy. Noel says, Fab just said Arsenal haven't made contact for Correa and that we were never interested. League never made sense to me. That's, you know, a good thing. I think that I think he's a good player. Of course, I watch like a lot of like South American players and I like to watch the Copa. I think he's OK. I think he's a good player, but like I think we can do better. And I didn't like the idea of a swap. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were saying like something about Torreira, Correa swap, Torreira. Korea swap and I was like ill that's gross I don't want that you know so hey if we don't get him that's fine Lone Star you've been saying this bare minimum 10 players gotta leave <laughs> oh man Robert said I was very pleased with Murata's performance as um as a Polish person <laughs> that is hilarious yeah not great not great at all you know so yeah let's see what else are you guys saying could stay on for a couple more minutes if you guys want to. I know some of you guys came late, which I don't understand why. Why didn't you guys come right after the game? I was right here. Robert says if the if I was the owner, I would sack Adu, hire Jess, and even get her jet skiing pass. I mean, I feel like I could do a good job. <laughs> I do. I feel like I could do a good job, but then probably get there and be like so stressed out. Um, let's see what kind of job Adu does. Like. I, I don't know. I think I have a feeling that he has maybe he knows how to identify the talent. He just needs to be able to get the sales over the line and be able to bring the players in. So let's see. Let's see what happens, you know. But if he doesn't do a good job, yeah, sack him and bring me in. I'll take it. I'll do it for free. Um, you could do either, Mr. Austin. If you prefer to use Twitch, do that. If you prefer YouTube, do that. Um, all my shows will be, you know, streamed on both. And then I'll try to figure out a way to make Twitch a little bit more special, maybe do live Q and A's on there or something like that soon, you know, but, um, yeah, go ahead and use whichever one you prefer. You know, I just wanted to make sure that I made Twitch available as well. Cause I know a lot of you guys use that too. I'm not a big Facebook fan. Um, yeah, reserve all judgment until September 1st. Let's just wait. Oh, Galachi hair transplant. Did he get one? Let me go check. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I think if I coached Arsenal, I wouldn't be very good. But I think if I was a technical director or something, I could do a good job. On the sideline, no. But if you're talking about just from, like, maybe my perspectives or whatever, maybe they're not great. You know, I just – I have my own opinions and – 
you know, it is what it is. J. October says, having quality on the bench is becoming a bare minimum in the Premier League. Protecting the likes of ESR and Saka would also mean having quality on the bench. I mean, I think they'd be good rotational players to come in off the bench. I think they're good, you know, they're good players. But I think it's going to take us more than one window to get good, you know, backup players. I think this window is about securing our future and making sure that the likes of ESR and Saka and Saliba and Balogun and Martinelli are not being relied upon. And also protecting, you know, our tyrannies, players like that too. And then securing our first 11 and making sure our first 11 is very competitive. We also are not in Europe, you know, so that makes it a little bit easier to secure that, that, you know, that starting 11 and make sure that we have, you know, a good group that can get from week to week to week. Um, And then next season or next summer, hopefully, if we've done a good job, we will have made it into Europe and then we can start, you know, going backwards and trying to bring in good backup. But even somebody like Lakanga is good backup for Thomas Party. but it's twofold. It's not just a backup. Like you could have brought in somebody like, let's just say you got Danilo or somebody like that who is available, but could do a job and be a backup to Thomas in a way. He's not a sellable asset. He's not somebody that after getting, you know, 20, 30, you know, starts in the Premier League, you could, double his price. You know, Lokonga is somebody that he's a very high value young player that is on the cusp of the Belgian national team. 15 to 20 million is getting him in. We can easily triple that in the next couple of years. Um, So I think it's kind of like a two prong thing, but this season we have to secure the first 11 and then next work on the bench and just hope that ESR and and Saka are are fit and they can be a part of um, rotation. But I think Saka will start most games anyway. Bradley says, do you think our biggest issue is scoring goals or creating chances? I think our biggest issues are creating chances. I think creating chances is one of them. I think um, speed of play and playing out from the back are our biggest issues. I don't think scoring goals is our issue. I think we don't create enough chances. I feel when you feel like this is going to be your only chance, you tend to snatch. And when you give players more chances, then they don't, they feel relaxed because they know it's going to come again. So, you know, they can, they can miss one and then still feel confident that they can make the next one. So I think it's more creating chances than scoring goals. I think naturally if we create more chances, the probability is, is that we'll score more goals. We just, Aubameyang can't continue to outperform his XG. He's been doing it for like the last two or three years or two years. So we have to create more chances for him to score and the other players around him. They just have to snatch too much. They snatch at him because they're just, um, they they don't think the next one is coming. <laughs> Let's see. MS says, if Laka and Abba will stay, would you get another striker? No. If they stay, then no, we don't need to do it. Um, just rotate them. It would be nice to see another face up there, I think, because we know Aubameyang and Lacazette can both go through goal droughts and neither of them are really what we need in terms of aerial ability and physicality in the box. But if you can't sell them, you can't sell them. Lone Star says, neither mentality and culture and time to offload 10. (laughs) You love the 10 number. At the end, when we go through the transfer window and rate it, come back and and we we will congratulate you if it's 10. If it's 10 Lone Star. Um, 
couple more minutes, you guys. Sean says, I think Arteta wanted both party and a wall last year, but was given the option one or the other. Tom Thomas was the easier, cheaper deal to do. It's true. You know, um, we needed both and we suffered not having a single creative midfielder available to us um, in the beginning of the season. Don't want to relitigate the Ozil thing, but that's the reality. We didn't have one in the squad. And then seeing how different we played when we had one in there, I think just made me more upset that we didn't get it done. So I think maybe the Cronkies hopefully have learned their lesson and realized that you can't just do half the job because you've been doing such a poor job. Now you have to kind of pay for it. And that means you have to take money out of your own pocket and make up the deficit. So hopefully they're, you know, able to, to get as much done as possible. And so we need a creative midfielder. We need a central midfielder. We need to get things done. You know, we still need to figure out if we're going to get a right back. You know, there's a lot to be done. Let's see. <laughs> Bradley says, do you think it's worrying we aren't being linked with another left back when we only have KT and Kolasinac has to go, by the way? A little bit. I would say the fullback situation is giving me a little bit anxiety because we haven't been reliably linked to anything. But um, they got to get the left back. Even if they don't get the right back, they have to get the left back, to be honest. So I am a little bit worried. Jay October says, which right back would you go for in the market? Um, me and George have talked about this at ex like extensively, and we would go for Riddle Baku. Um, I think he's the best option. He's basically Saka, the way Saka used to play left back. Um, but a little bit better defensively, and he can play like a midfielder, very technically gifted. I like him a lot. Um, if we didn't get him, then... I don't really like any of the other options the way I like him, you know, so we'll see. Sean says, I want to get Tyler Adams. Been a while since we had an Adams in the back. I thought about that. You know, it's like bringing Adams back. But um, the thing about Tyler is that I would love for him to come in and play right back as like that inverted right back. But then maybe bring in another right back next season, a true right back, and then move Tyler in as a central midfielder because that's where he really wants to play and have – players that can play multiple positions, but I don't think he's really a lover of that position. And I know that it's like, well, you should just play wherever the coach wants you to play. But if you're about to sign your life away to Arsenal and um, they're like, well, you're going to start your whole first season as a right back. And that's not really what you want to be doing. Whereas you can be at Leipzig with um, Jesse Marsh as the coach and know you're going to play central midfield. I think that's a little bit of a hard sell, but I would take him as a right back. I think he'd be good at the inverted role. Let's see. <laughs> Lone Star, this is your list. Kolasinic, Ainsley, Maitland-Niles, Willick, Nketiah, Bellerim, Jacka, Torreira, Guendouzi, Decision Time. Yeah, I think it's so interesting how Ainsley and Nketiah and Willick haven't really been spoken about. It's more the foreign players that are being spoken about now. So be interested to see what happens, but I think Newcastle is going to come with some sort of $25 million bid for Willick. And I think we should take it. Um, and I already said Reese Nelson needs to be loaned out and Ainsley Maitland-Niles needs to be sold, you know, so we'll see what happens. We don't need to keep any of them really. MS says, why you prefer Baku over Aaron's? Haven't seen much of Baku. I think he's better offensively. And I think if we have the type of midfield that 
I would prefer, which is like Thomas and Embasuma, you know, type midfield that can cover a lot of grass and protect your fullbacks. It would be really nice to see Tierney and Baku, somebody who has really good end product in the final third, scores goals, can play like a midfielder. It'd just be really nice to have two flying wingbacks or, you know, fullbacks doing their thing. And I like that. I think Aaron's could do something similar, but I think Baku is a little bit more refined than him, if that makes sense. You know, and I just think he's just a little bit further ahead in terms of the quality, but they both can pretty much do the same thing. If Aaron's came in, I wouldn't be upset. And something tells me that that's probably the right back that we may end up with, but we'll see. I actually really rate Dumfries, but I rated him prior to this whole thing. I will find the clip at some point on my channel when we were originally talking about right backs. I said Dumfries. Always liked him. Always thought he was really good, but I don't want him for Arsenal now. I think we need something different. And I don't want to pay too much for somebody who's having a good international tournament. <clears throat> Matt says we must get a new striker who has hold up skills, the ability to win a contested header and link up skills, or we can forget about top four. Yeah. I mean, I think people are under underrating this, this, the striker position just a little bit because we have Balogun, we have so many hopes and dreams for him, but it's going to be difficult with a bombing playing in the system. I just don't think he suits it. I think we lose out a lot of goals because he can't, he won't head the ball. And um, he's not really good in the system at all. Like, you know, he really suffers in the system having to link up play and, and come in deep and all those types of things. So, yeah, we need him to be able to score 20, 25 goals. And I'm hoping that bringing in a creative midfielder will help that. But even with Odegaard in the system, it, it still didn't work out. So I'm just hoping this is a glitch. But I wouldn't be surprised if we got to January and we were like, oh, my gosh, like what's happening? Um, if I had one choice, who would I like Arsenal to buy? I mean, one choice, like, and I didn't have to think about if it was real or, or what. Like, does it have to be realistic? You know, because I tend to try to be as realistic as possible. Um, but um, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I'm always going to try to be more realistic. So it would probably be Basuma because I know he changed our midfield. And probably, probably Basuma. Like, I mean, if we're talking about like unreal things, like maybe Mbappe or somebody like that, but I think we need somebody like Basuma. I'm not even lying to you guys. I, I really think we need somebody next to Thomas Party that could help us push up the pitch, cover big areas of grass, allow our fullbacks to run forward, you know, smash people in the midfield. I'm tired of losing the midfield battle. It's killing me, you know, so we'll see. All right, you guys, that's going to be it for this stream really enjoyed myself i hope you enjoyed yourself as well we'll see what's up for tomorrow I'm, I'm making the schedule for the next couple of weeks but what you can count on is a watch along for the colombia brazil game for the copa america as well as france versus portugal in the euros um, we're also going to be doing a euros group stage reaction so once all the games have concluded we'll talk about who failed who did well who exceeded our expectations that'll be on wednesday and on friday we'll be doing a prediction for the next couple of uh, knockout rounds and we'll also be doing arsenal content you know for the most part i come on earlier 
in the afternoon and then at the 10 p.m. UK time stream as well. So just look out for those. My updates usually come on Twitter. Um, I do recommend if you want to know a little bit more about how we view Basu uh, not Basuma, um, Lakanga, Ben White, and Madison in this Arsenal side, go back to the YouTube channel and check out that video that me and George did. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, share this with a friend, and yeah, um, tomorrow's Father's Day, so I probably still will do a stream, but you guys will probably watch it on playback if you guys, you know, are fathers or, you know, hanging out with your dads or whatever, you know, so, but there will be some sort of stream. I'm just not sure what it's going to be about, but just check it out when you guys get a chance, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, y'all.